You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. and floorboards to shingles this is the money pit home improvement radio show on air online at moneypit.com i'm tom kreitler and i'm leslie segretti and we are here to help you with your home improvement project so take a look around the house if you're driving maybe just think about looking around your house (laughs) and think about a project that you would like to get done maybe it's one that you're planning to do maybe it's one that you started and kind of got stuck in the middle of Maybe it's one that you'd like to get your husband, spouse, slash significant other to tackle. Need some advice to kind of get that project moving in the right direction. Maybe how to motivate your partner to uh, to pick up the hammer, pick up the saw, and get to work. Well, why don't you pick up the phone right now and let's talk about it. The number is one eight eight eight. Money Pit, 888-666-3974. Got a great show planned for you coming up this hour. If you have been thinking about putting your home on the market, knowing what today's home buyers are looking for can help sell it quickly and make sure you get the best possible price. So we're going to feature a trend report this hour on the new must-haves that are replacing standbys like granite counters and stainless steel appliances. A lot of new things that home buyers are looking for. Some of them are not even that expensive. We're going to tell you what you need to know. And also ahead, as the mercury dips, we've got some advice to keep your furry friends warm all winter. We're going to tell you about some great ideas that will help keep your pets not only warm, but also safe. Plus, when it rains, it pours. And if you've got a leaky roof, this is just about the worst weather report that you can get. So this hour, we're going to get some expert help from our friend Tom Silva, the general contractor on this old house. He's going to teach us how to diagnose roof leaks and fix them once and for all. And one call this hour wins $50 worth of Renew products from Leviton. Renew is a very cool line of switches, dimmers, and outlets with faces that you can change out to match any decor. And it's available in 20 different colors. You can sort of change out your, you know, switch plate covers to match your mood. So let's get to it. Give us a call right now with your home improvement question. The number is 1-888-MONEYPIT. Tracy in Ohio is on the line with a question about storm windows. How can we help you today? Um, my condo is fairly new. It was built in 2005. But the way that my the front of my condo faces where the weather blows in, I don't know if it's east or west, but um, last year I tried the strip thing and the plastic and it and the wind blew so hard that it came loose so then I tried duct taping it and yeah it didn't work at all so I'm wondering you know we can't put storm windows on the outside because of the condo association rules but I'm wondering is there a company that makes something that goes on the inside of the windows something magnetic or something that could help well you certainly can get interior storm windows it is a product that's available from many window manufacturers will you can order it probably I would go to a regular window company and order these 
but there's different types of interior storm windows that are available. The other thing that you can do that's really cheap, especially uh, if these are windows that you're not going to have to open, we don't like to recommend this for a bedroom window, but for other windows, because, of course, in a bedroom, you may have to open it for emergency egress, uh, fire hazard, that sort of thing, is you can get uh, weather stripping caulk. It's a it's a weather stripping uh, product that's in a tube, like a caulk tube, and you essentially caulk the seams of the window shut. And the thing about the weather stripping product is in the spring, you peel it off and it doesn't damage the windows. It looks like that sort of white gooey stuff that they stick credit cards, you know, to uh, offers in the mail when you get the credit card and it's on the back of the card. It's like that rubbery stuff. It just peels right off and it doesn't damage anything. So that's something that maybe you haven't tried yet. You could give a shot. And then, of course, if you want to go with a, a, you know, maybe a more permanent solution, you could order interior storm windows and have them made. Well, I could squirt that stuff on there and then in the spring I could peel it back off. That's correct. Yep. Unlike regular caulk, this is a temporary caulk. Wonderful. That sounds wonderful. I will give that a try. Yeah, DAP makes a product called Seal N Peel, the letter N, Peel. So look it up. You might have to order it in a home center or a hardware store, but it works great. All right, I will try that. Thank you. Tracy, thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. All right, next up, we've got Rudy in Tennessee joining us here at the Money Pit, who had a leaky roof, and now you're trying to fix up all the remaining issues. Tell us what happened. So we had a big rainstorm, and just got a call and from my wife, and I came in and looked at it. And I had a bunch of water running down the seam of my drywall into the onto the landing inside my house. Um, then I called a handyman. He came, took down the drywall, and we noticed that it was kind of leaky. The roof was leaking, and then it came in on the drywall. I had a roofer come out, licensed. He came. He repaired the roof and also put, like, some water guards to kind of channel the water away. And then the handy guy put up the drywall and taped it, painted it over. And so then probably about a month later, all that drywall, the new drywall kind of buckled, kind of came out. And there's no more water. I, it's rained here multiple times since then. I haven't seen any more water come in, but I didn't know if it was moisture still in the wall or if it was just faulty drywall that the person put up. Well, it's not. It's no such thing as bad drywall. There are bad drywall contractors, but no such thing as bad drywall. And when you say buckle, is it swollen or is it sort of popped off the wall? It popped off the wall. Like you can push a little bit on it and you can see the exact place where the it, the patch drywall was. Like you can look at the scene and it's kind of uneven. Okay. So if it, it, it sort of popped off the wall, then I suspect that it just wasn't adhered properly and it might just need to be resecured. You might need a few extra drywall screws or nails in that. If it's swollen and starting to look like it's wet or damp or stained or moldy, then of course the roof leak could be continuing. But if it's just loose and came off the wall, then it might in fact be that it wasn't attached very well and normal expansion and contraction of that area has forced it to sort of release. So I would go back to the contractor and ask if uh, he can resecure it and retape it, respackle it. Perfect. Thank you, guys. Enjoy listening to your show. Well, thanks so much for calling, Rudy. We appreciate it. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Well, we've got a couple of weeks left till Thanksgiving. What are you guys doing? You got your family coming over? Are you cooking? 
Do not clean your oven. We've got all sorts of tips to help you get ready for the big holiday and get your house in tip-top shape. So give us a call when you're not getting a turkey dressed at 888-MONEY-PIT. We're here 24 hours a day, seven days a week. 888-666-3974. Up next, are you wondering if your house could be attractive to potential home buyers? Well, before you go adding any new bells or whistles, we're going to have a trend report on the new must-haves that home buyers are asking for. That's all coming up next. The Money Pit is presented by Diamond Crystal Salt. The benefits are bigger than you expected. After all, you're worth your salt. Diamond Crystal Salt. A brilliant choice since 1886. You live in a Money Pit. It is brought to you by the new Chamberlain MyQ Garage. When you forget, it alerts your smartphone so you can close your door from anywhere on most garage door openers. Available now. For more information, go to Chamberlain.com. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Pick up the phone and give us a call right now at 888-MONEY-PIT. One caller that we talked to on the air this hour is going to win a set of Renew lighting products from Leviton worth 50 bucks. Now, what's really cool about this is that the faces on the Renew Switch, their dimmers, and their outlets, you can snap them off and then change them to a new color, which means if you change your paint color, there's probably a switch to match. If you want to do something fun and seasonal, you can do that as well. You can actually create a new look for your room at any time. They've got 20 colors to choose from. It's actually easy to match your paint, your wallpaper, your decor, whatever you're looking for. They've got vibrant colors, sculpted lines. It creates an instant makeover. It's a really cool idea. You can visit leviton.com slash renew. That's R-E-N-U. For more information or call us right now for the answer to your home improvement question and your chance to win that set of Renew Lighting products at 1-888-MONEYPIT. Now we're going to go to Pat in South Dakota. You've got the money pit. How can we help you today? We have a problem with our deck. We need to replace it. And we have investigated using composite materials and find that that's really expensive and don't think we'll be able to afford to do that. So we're wondering about how well using cedar as the flooring and then using the composite on the rails would work. I just actually put composite in our screen and porch um, as a replacement to some old lumber that was there that just needed constant upkeep, even though it was a screen and porch not fully exposed to the elements. And I found, believe it or not, the cost of the decking material and the cost of the railing material from the same manufacturer were the exact same price equally expensive. So I don't know if you want to mix it up in that capacity. I mean, yes, maintaining a spindle or a railing system is a lot of work if you were to go with, you know, a cedar or a pressure treated type of lumber. But I don't know that you're going to save that much money there by going with a composite railing system. Well, and also, I mean, cedar does require a lot of care. I mean, I know that it's insect resistant and decay resistant, but if you don't stain it, it's going to crack and check and split. And in doing so, you're going to have to restain it, you know, every few years. So it is going to cost you some money. And I, I wonder on a lineal foot basis how much you're really saving. I don't know what kind of composite you priced out, but, you know, the composite that's uh, available at home centers like uh, at Home Depot, the Veranda product, you know, it's not terribly expensive. 
And it's really pretty indestructible stuff. Once you put that down, you know, you don't have to worry about it uh, any further in terms of any type of maintenance. So I would think carefully about using cedar over composite because I think that it's going to be uh, a fair amount of maintenance expense for you. It looks great for like a year. Then it gets all dark gray and, and, and blackish, and then you got to stain it. Okay. Well, that gave me the information I can go forward with then. All right. Well, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Well, for what, like a couple of decades now, stainless steel has totally dominated the appliance industry. But according to a new trend report, some of the biggest appliance manufacturers are now betting that it could be nearing the end of its popularity. No way. I still love it. But get this. Maytag has rolled out a whole series, and it's calling it White Ice. Now, it features glass fronts that are meant to blend in more with your kitchen. And GE has a new matte gray finish called Slate. And Viking is rolling out colors that pop like cinnamon, wasabi, and Dijon. Food names, of course. I, I kind of have to agree with you. I mean, all of those things sound very attractive, but I don't think stainless is going to go anywhere for a while. It's holding on to its popularity for a lot of good reasons. You know, it's easy to maintain. Um, it's got a really super long lifespan. It doesn't dent. Yeah, it takes a bit of work to clean it, but, you know, people like that. Now, another trend that we've uncovered is the popularity of solar panels on homes. In fact, some say that it's replacing stainless steel and granite as the must-have for home buyers. But before you run out and install those solar panels... You need to look into the options carefully because there are a lot out there. Yeah, and in fact, there are some companies now that will install those solar panels for free in exchange for access to some of the energy they give. It's kind of a co-op thing, you know, where you, the, the company puts the panels up and then they get some of the energy, you get some of the energy, and so on. There's also rebates and credits available, and you really do need to do some thorough research, though, before committing to it. Now, you can start that research at moneypit.com if you search solar, and you'll get some of the latest information that we've pulled together on that topic. Mike and I was on the line with an insulation question. What can we do for you today? I'm looking to put some fiberglass insulation up in my attic. I have access to some six-inch that's faced on one side and it has foil on the other. Could I lay that down in my attic without having any problems? You already have existing insulation there, right, Mike? Yeah, I got 10 inches in my ceilings. The answer is no, and, and here's why. The foil face is a vapor barrier. And if you put a vapor barrier in there, you're going to trap moisture. Now, a very common scenario is people put that up in the attic. They leave the vapor barrier facing up, but that's actually wrong. The only place the vapor barrier belongs is against the heated space, which would be under the 10 inches of insulation you already have there. So the foil face is not a good thing. Now, I will say that you, if you really want to be frugal about this, you could probably pull that foil off and lay the unfaced bat perpendicular to what you have right now. It'll be a bit of a messy job because it sounds like it's older insulation. So you're going to have to protect yourself with dust masks and safety glasses, long sleeves, and all of that. I don't care to do that. But um, right now in my attic, at one time I had a flat roof. And right now I've got rolled tar, or not tar paper, but rolled shingling up in my attic floor. That's probably acting as a vapor 
barrier, I would guess, today. It probably is, yeah, because it would stop humidity from getting through it. The problem is that it, it traps it in the insulation, and when it does that, the insulation doesn't work well. Insulation that's damp does not insulate, so that humidity is working against you. I have wood heat, and it takes a lot of moisture out of the house. That's probably in my favor, I would guess. I would think so. Now, you want to preserve that wood floor? You want to use all of that wood floor space? I'd like to use as much as possible, yes. Well, why don't you do this? Uh, Kind of a way to kind of have your cake and eat it, too, is to carve out an area in the center of the attic that you reserve basically just for storage. And then you add unfaced fiberglass bats on top of the wood floor to the other areas. Yeah, it's not perfect having that uh, whatever floor covering you have in between, but I still think it's going to add some insulation to that space and help cut some of your energy bills. And unfaced fiberglass bats are not that expensive and pretty easy to handle. Okay. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. Mike in Tennessee, you've got the Money Pit. How can we help you today? It's possible or even a good idea to put a propane water heater in next to an electric water heater uh, with uh, the bad weather that we've had and yeah, the possibility of losing the electricity. I was trying to determine whether or not I could put in a propane water heater and uh, maybe keep hot water to be able to wash the kids in the clothes when uh, when the electricity goes out. Well, that's an interesting approach. First of all, I don't see why you couldn't do that as long as both appliances were installed safely in accordance with electrical codes and plumbing codes uh, and accordance to the ma- in accordance with the manufacturer's instructions. So there's no reason why you couldn't have the the water heater side by side with one being propane and one being electric. But you might want to think about um, a more permanent solution and a more practical solution to the to the underlying problem of of losing power, and that is to install a standby generator. Now you can get a standby generator that would run on propane gas. And a standby generator is very handy because it comes on automatically when the power goes off and it can handle the water heater, lights, refrigeration, uh, heating systems, all the basics. Well, pretty much anything that you want it to. Yeah, and keep you moving throughout the house. So I would, rather than see you spend money on a second water heater, I'd rather see you spend some money on a propane-powered gas standby generator. Well, think uh, would be necessary for running uh, the uh, basics that you were just mentioning there, the uh, the water heater, the uh, the refrigeration, the stove, you know, uh, not running the whole house. I think that takes about 15,000 uh, 15, kilowatts, but uh, just running a, a partial system there, what would you recommend for that type of standby? Well, exactly. And you can buy them based on different sizes. So for example, if, if you wanted one that was uh, about 8K, that would probably run you probably $2,500 plus or minus. Oh, okay. And if you wanted one that was 20 k that would probably run you about $4,500 and then something else in between. So, you know, they're not extraordinarily expensive. Uh, you know, they have to be installed professionally. And, of course, uh, this presumes that you have propane available to run them and not na- and, or natural gas, but I presume you're talking about propane. It comes with something called a transfer switch, so it, it gets installed next to your main electrical panel, and basically the circuits that are wired in the transfer switch are the ones that actually come on. So you might have a lighting circuit, a refrigerator, furnace, and so on. If you happen to have central air conditioning, you may not use that because you know you'd be willing to put out put up with not having air conditioning for a few days, but but as long as you're as long as your refrigerator worked and so on. Fantastic. Well, thanks for all the other good information you folks provide. You're very welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Still to come, a leaky roof is no fun. No way, not at all, especially when it's raining. Tom Silva from This Old House is stopping by next with tips to help you find those leaks and fix them for good. 
Hi, I'm Norm Abram from This Old House, and when we're working on our projects, we listen to The Money Pit. On The Money Pit Radio Show, pick up the telephone, fix up your home sweet home, by calling 888-MONEY-PIT. The Money Pit is brought to you by Citrus Magic Air Fresheners, the perfect fresh air solution that eliminates bad odors naturally and replaces them with fresh scents. There's magic in the air. Available as a solid air freshener or non-aerosol spray online or at Walmart, Target, Walgreens, Kroger, or your favorite local hardware store. Making good homes better? Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air, online at moneypit.com. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And speaking of online, you can follow the Money Pit's Pinterest page and get great ideas on everything from outdoor entertaining to energy efficiency. You can also pin articles, blogs, and more directly from our website with our Pin It button. Then share those tips or add your own great ideas to our boards. Find it all on the official Money Pit Pinterest page. Now we've got Frank in Texas on the line with a structural question. What's going on at your Money Pit? Yes, I've got a, an older home, post and beam construction. I have about a 4 by 8 beam that's cracked diagonally. And I've already poured a footer, a 2 foot by 2 foot by 6 inch footer, and I plan on bracing that. But what I'm wondering, once I jack it back into position, number one, is there an adhesive that might help hold it together? And on the sides, I want to marry in a support. Should I use OSB, plywood, or uh, two by eight? What you would do is you would put another beam next to it that has to go the, continu- the same width. It has to go bearing point to bearing point as the split beam. And then you would glue it with a construction adhesive from the new beam to the split beam and I would bolt them together. And if you do that on a beam-by-beam basis, then it should be an acceptable repair. It's just a little tricky because you've got to get that new beam next to the old beam, and it's going to not be straight, and you're going to have to work around wires and plumbing and such to get it in there and nice and tight. But take your time fitting that beam. If you get the new beam in right, then, you know, it can be quite strong. All right. I appreciate the advice. Thank you. Well, one of the most important structural components of your home might not just be the foundation. We're actually talking about your roof. It's going to weather every storm. It protects the rest of your home structure. And of course, it keeps you warm and dry if it's in good shape. That's right. But with all the beating your roof takes, a roof replacement is usually in every homeowner's future at one time or another. Here with tips to help us through that project is Tom Silva, the general contractor on TV's This Old House. Welcome, Tommy. Thanks, guys. Nice to be here. Nice to have you back again. And you know, Tom, just because you have a leak in a roof might not mean that you need a new roof. But what are some of the key signs we should be looking for to know if our roof really has reached the end of its life? If you don't like to be up on a roof, I'd say a nice pair of binoculars <laughs> to look Good from advice. the ground, to look at the condition of the shingles. Usually the granules will start to wear off. Mm-hmm. If you clean your gutters and there's a lot of granules in your gutters, usually at the end of the season, that means that they're starting to wear down. If the roof is cupped or the corners are peeled up, uh, that's a sign that the roof is getting ready to be replaced. They wear out. Mm-hmm. The rainwater comes down, hits them, and it, they get abuse from the wind, the rain. And the sun. The sun, yeah, yes. The UV. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Now, here's something that we talk about a lot on the show. We talk about when you're replacing your roof, do you put the new roof on top of the existing 
roof shingle? Do you take everything off? I know we looked into replacing our roof, and in our village, you needed to sort of jump through the hoops to remove the existing layers of shingles there. But if you wanted to just go right on top, you didn't need any paperwork at all, and I feel like you should take it off. Yeah, well, I don't ever put a roof on a roof. I do not like it. I think it's absolutely stupid. That roof is going to end up in a landfill eventually anyway. Mm-hmm. Right. So for someone to say, oh, no, leave it on and go over it, that's wrong. It's absolutely wrong. You're adding problems because, number one, you're adding more weight, constant weight to your roof, and you're shortening the lifetime of that shingle anyways because it's sitting on top of a insulation bed so it can get hotter. And if it gets hotter, it's going to wear out faster. Now, if you are going to strip your roof off, you have an opportunity to reconstruct that. Really take advantage of some of the more modern materials that are available today. What would you recommend in terms of, uh, you know, underlayments and ice and water shields and that sort of thing to kind of make sure the base is good to go. And would that change based on what part of the country you're in? So, for example, if you're down in Florida or an area that's prone to hurricanes, might you build it different than you were up in Vermont? Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, absolutely. There are a lot of products out there that will basically keep your house dry. And the roof shingle in this case becomes basically aesthetic. And their materials are really great. But one of the things that I look at when I strip a roof is I now am able to look at the existing sheathing. What's the condition of it? Does it need to be replaced? Are there boards that have to be fixed? Then I can look at that, fix what I have to fix, and then I automatically renail off the whole sheathing, tighten it back up to the roof structure. That's important. Now, if I live in a climate that has... uh, a lot of snow and ice, I want to think about ice protection from ice dams. And I want to put on a self-sealing membrane. There's a few of them out there. For example, Grace Ice and Water Shield is probably uh, the one that's most known Mm -hmm. for. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people put that on incorrectly, and even roofers put it on incorrectly. The first layer, the first row, should overhang the roof edge by at least three or four inches. That should then wrap down around the leading edge of the sheathing, down under and onto the fascia board. Then that has to get protected by another piece of wood because the sun will break it down. Mm. Then you put your first course of a drip edge on that. It's a self-sealing membrane. So when you nail through it, the water won't leak. Mm-hmm. And that's a great reason right there to strip the roof off down the sheathing every single time because you couldn't do that if you were putting a second layer on. No, you cannot do that. Yeah. And the Absolutely. other point that you made, which I think is great, is about that sheathing. Um, what I used to see in all the years I spent as a home inspector was that the older homes, especially the homes that were built, say, in the 60s or 70s, which, of course, to a guy from this old house, is not, that, not old. that old. But that said, those homes I find in that era, the uh, ventilation was very poorly done. And you see a lot of damaged sheathing. Oh, yeah, a lot of damaged sheathing. And lots of times the sheathing is too thin right. uh, because they started using plywood back then. It was a new deal. And they, you know, the plywood, oh, this is really strong. We can put in half inch when you shouldn't put half inch on a roof. You should have a minimum of five eighths. And if you're replacing a board when older in older houses, you want to make sure that the board you use is the same thickness that the board's existing because with the shingles that they have today, if you use a standard three-tab fiberglass shingle, that shingle will actually fall into that little valley and you'll see a dip in the roof shingle. So 
it's not it's structurally it's fine it's just appearance wise and mm-hmm. those are the little things that bug me if it's not perfect it's not right mm-hmm. that's right and that's our motto do it once do it right you won't have to do it again for a very long time tom Silvet, general contractor from tv's this old house great advice thanks so much for stopping by the money pit my pleasure nice to be here all right you can catch the current season of this old house and ask this old house on pbs for your local listings and some step-by-step videos on many common home improvement projects visit thisoldhouse.com and This Old House and Ask This Old House are brought to you by The Home Depot. More saving, more doing. That's the power of The Home Depot. And still ahead, how to keep pets warm and safe this winter. You live in a body pit. The Money Pit is brought to you by Lutron's new Maestro Occupancy Sensing Switch. Never ask, who left the lights on again? Starting at around $20, this motion-sensing light switch turns the lights on automatically when you walk into a room and off when you leave and works with all types of light bulbs. Learn more at LutronSensors.com. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Put down the silver that you're polishing for all of those guests that are going to be arriving very soon. And give us a call right now at 888-MONEY-PIT with your home improvement questions. One lucky caller that we talked to on the air this hour is going to win a set of Renew Lighting products from Leviton worth 50 bucks. Now, it's really awesome because the faces on the Renew switches, their dimmers, and their outlets, you can snap them off and change them to a new color, which surprisingly enough can actually change the entire look of your room anytime. They've got 20 colors to choose from. It's easy to match your paint, your wallpaper, whatever you want in that room's decor. You can find a match. They've got vibrant colors, sculpted lines, pretty much adds up to an instant makeover. You can visit Leviton.com slash Renew. That's R-E-N-U. For more information or pick up the phone, give us a call right now for the answer to your home improvement question and your shot to win that set of Renew products from Leviton. Natasha in Missouri is on the line with a molding question. What can we do for you today? Our house is about 11 years old, and the interior walls, the sheetrock or the drywall, is finished with a nice round bullnose corner. So it doesn't come to a right angle, so to speak. And just through wear and tear with kids and dogs, we have found several dents appearing. And I'm wondering if you have ideas on how we might repair that or if we are going to have to just replace that whole corner edging. Any thoughts? Yeah, I mean, is this like the metal rounded corner? I think it's metal. I tap on it, and it sounds plasticky, but it might be metal, and which would explain the dents. Why not Why not just plaster over those? Um, I thought about that. Some of them are just little dimples, um, but I don't know if I can successfully fill and sand and patch. But that's one thought we've had. Yeah, you could skim coat it. And the other thing that you could do if it's a if it's a crisp dent is you can use auto body filler. We use that on metal doors, like metal doors that have dents in it and that sort of thing. It's just a little harder to sand. But if it's just the outside corner on drywall, you could use spackle for that. Build it up and then sand it. It'll sand really easily. You're just going to have to prime it and repaint it. Yeah. It shouldn't be a big deal. Great. Well, that's exciting. Some um, other advice I'd had was to replace the whole corner. So I love your suggestion much, much more. <laughs> well, you can always do that, but w- why don't we try the easy stuff first? Maybe in the bedrooms where it's not so obvious. We'll try that first. So. Now you can practice and you'll get good at it. That's right. Hey, thanks so much. I really appreciate your help. You're welcome, Natasha. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit.
Well, it's time now for the Money Pit's Pinterest Tip of the Week, presented by Citrus Magic Air Freshener. Now, pet owners know that this time of year can be especially dangerous for all of our four-legged friends. Here's a few things to keep in mind. Yeah, you know, you make sure that your drafts are sealed, that you've got your car all winter ready, and you've got the snow boots ready to go by the door. But don't forget that your pets are members of the family, too. And even the most outdoor-loving dog out there can feel the harsh conditions of winter. The best thing that you can do is invest in a good coat for your pet and look for one that reflects so that, you know, your pet can be seen during winter's longer night hours and helpful for you, too, so that people can spot you when you're walking the dog. Now, here's something that you may not have been thinking about. If you notice your dog lifting its paws and whining during a walk, the ground or the pavement might be making his feet very, very cold. Now, sidewalk salt and chemical ice will melt. And these can be dangerous for pets. So deck out your dog in booties that you can allow him to romp in the snow with much longer. They'll also give him some traction on those icy surfaces. And they're also machine washable. And if your dog does get into that sidewalk salt, please rinse his feet off when he comes in the house. He'll be much happier as a result. Mm -hmm. If you turn your heat down low at night or if your pet slumbers in an unheated space like your garage, you really want to consider a heated pet bed. Now, there are different types, both electrical and those with a stuffing that can be safely heated in the microwave. And they're all great for pets, especially the smaller dogs. I find like Daisy, you know, she's seven pounds. I feel like she's shivering when I take a shower that's too hot and then I open the door. And that's your Pinterest tip of the week presented by Citrus Magic Air Freshener. There's magic in the air. Visit our Pinterest page and check out our tip of the week board for more information on this and other home improvement related ideas. Burton Delaware is on the line. I need some help with a bathroom vent. What can we do for you? Our house was built 21 years ago and I'm working on remodeling an upstairs bathroom and I'm putting a it's a small Jack and Jill bathroom with a commode and a shower in a separate area, but it's very small. So I'm putting a fan directly over the shower that's on a GFI. And when they vented the old fan, they just stuck it out at the top on the, um, out to the soffit. And I'm just wondering, it might not be the best way, but it's still, is that still, does it still work, I guess is what I'm asking. Yeah, it'll work. The thing is you want to make sure it actually comes through the soffit. I've seen bathroom vent fans be dumped like in the soffit expecting the warm moist air to come through the perforation of the soffit but if it actually turns and vents straight out through the soffit that's fine it's probably a fairly short run which means you're not going to have any loss as you move that air along the duct and uh and then and then bring it out okay but you're saying cut a hole in the soffit absolutely you don't just want to dump it inside the soffit you want to cut a hole and bring it out otherwise you're going to have ask for problems with moisture as well as a fire hazard, because all of that dust will collect up in that one space, and that's just not a good idea. Okay, well, that's what I need to know. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. Still ahead, are you debating different flooring options for your home? Well, we can help you decide which one is the best for you, because after all, we love talking about floors, so stick around. 888-MONEY-PIT. The Money Pit is brought to you by Stanley Tools, celebrating their 170-year anniversary. At Stanley, making history is our future. To learn more, visit stanleytools.com. 
Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And time is running out on our Money Pit Weekend Warrior Facebook sweepstakes. We are getting a lot of interest in this. There are thousands of folks that have entered because we've got three great prizes up for grabs. Check this out. We've got the uh, Black & Decker has given us three lawn and garden power tools. There's a blower vac, a hedge trimmer, and a string trimmer. And if you hate cleaning gutters, we've got Gutter Clear 365, which protects them from getting clogged in the first place with all that leaves and gunk that just tends to build up. We're giving away enough to do your entire house. And our grand prize is a set of lithium-ion 20-volt power tools from Porter Cable. Now, this is a great platform because you get all the big tools, including the drill driver, circular saw, and reciprocating saw, just to name a few. It's a total of $1,500 worth of prizes, so fan us on Facebook to enter today. If you share the sweepstakes with your friends, you're going to get bonus entries, which will give you more chances to win. It's all at Facebook.com slash TheMoneyPit, and while you're online, you can post a question for us there like Darlene in Illinois did and she writes how do we install hardwood floors on a slab foundation we don't like laminates we want real hardwood you don't unless it's engineered true yeah because if you put solid hardwood on a slab what happens with a slab foundation is just too damp too moist Darlene and eventually that hardwood is going to swell and buckle up, and you'll basically, you know, cost yourself uh, the need to do an entire new floor again. So don't use solid hardwood. What you can do, as Leslie correctly suggested, is use engineered hardwood. Now, engineered hardwood is real hardwood, but it's also made differently than solid hardwood. Solid hardwood is just obviously one solid board. Engineered hardwood has thin layers of hardwood that are glued at 90 degrees to each other. Think about plywood. Have you ever seen a plywood, especially from the edge, you see that there are very thin layers glued together? That's what engineered hardwood is. The difference is that the upper level, the upper surface, is the real hardwood with real finish on it. When it's done, when it's put together, you cannot visually tell a difference between engineered and real hardwoods. That's the thing that you want to do for a slab. You don't want to use solid hardwood because you will be very sad when it swells and buckles and you have to do it all over again. All right, next up, we've got one from Gabriella in New York who writes, I live in an apartment with hot water steam heat. The paint on the wall above one of the units is peeling and has dark specks that look like mold. Is that caused by the heating unit? If so, what can I do to fix it or stop it from happening? It's caused by your housekeeping. (laughs) I hate to tell you. What happens is you get this convective loop of air right above a radiator where the warm air from the radiator washes up the wall. Any dirt that's in the air is getting coated on that wall over and over and over again. So clean it, prime it, get rid of that loose paint, prime it, and repaint it, and just kind of accept it. Those dark areas above heating registers and above radiators are just convection, not mold. Yeah, no, seriously, once you get on this, it'll be it'll be something that you'll have to maintain just to keep it clean, but it, it's a really easy fix. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Thank you so much for spending this hour with us. Remember, if you've got questions, especially as... You move forward fixing up your house for the holidays, which begin next week. Can you begin it? Can you believe that? It's right around the corner. You can reach us 24-7 at 888 Money Pit or post your question online 
at moneypits.com. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. 